0: Welcome back to the Emergency Nine Golf Podcast. Folks, we're happy to have you. I am Mike Maroney. Jay Woodson, how are you, sir? I'm wonderful. That's good. That's my that's my go-to go. response when you ask me how I'm doing at the beginning of the podcast. I am wonderful. Can't mm-hmm. think of anything else creative. Um, I'm happy so, for you. Yeah. That's that's you know. uh, McLean Boyd, how are you, sir? He is non-existent. Oh, he's not here again. mclean ditched us for a concert tonight free tickets last minute like front row you know i get it whatever his wife his wife did put it on and said look you need to do this whatever mclean if you're listening hope you're enjoying the concert they (laughs) spit on you I forget the lead singer's name of Blues travel, but I hope he spits on you. <laughs> so, Snow uh, McLean, two man, two man show for you tonight. Uh, Jaybird, what are you, what are you sipping on there? You know, that's a, actually a great question. I actually thought about this before I came on, and I have not some had tasting notes. Um, yeah, I'm not going to get too deep here. I don't want to bore <laughs> the audience, but um. I bought a bottle of the Woodford double Oak, Like you know, run of the mill, yeah. you can get it anywhere in Virginia at least. And I hadn't hadn't bought it in a while. And it's I mean, it's great. It's very I good. Mean, yeah. Yeah. I I'm, I'm super happy with it. But yeah, it's cool. Cool little drink. It's got some yep. flavor. It's got some got some depth to it. And you know, thanks, Ricky. This one's for you, buddy. Yeah. It's a little darker. It is a little darker. A little it's got darker. Yeah. yeah. Some color to it. Got a little color. Got a little char to it. Nice. I like it. I am drinking one of our favorites that I haven't had in quite a while, but I just felt like some Eagle Rare. Oh, look at you. You little snooty bitch, you. Going with the Eagle Rare. You say that every day. Like like both of us, like we have so much cheap shit on it. Like, you know. <laughs> you got all the fancy shit at your house. Yes, sir. So do you? I don't have anything fancy. It's all the, it's all the blue collar shit. Woodford you can get that anywhere yeah well I happen to have like three bottles of Eagle rare so <laughs> <laughs> I'll enjoy it. it's just to you can call me a fancy even more so <laughs> pinkie's up pinkie's up you know um so yeah let's let's get into a, a little golf let's let's talk some G um actually a decent amount of like news and nuggets from this past week in the world of golf yeah there's a lot going on right now a lot going on um so we have the the final event of the pga tour season this new fedex cup fall whatever they're calling it and uh rsm classic down sea island ludwig aberg and i'm going to pronounce his name differently i think every time that i say it because i've heard all kinds of pronunciations of it but Aberg, bear whatever his name is. The kids like, a stud, wins his first PJ tour event with um tell me if this is good, Jay. A 61 61 on the weekend. That's pretty good. Yeah. And, okay. Um yeah, I don't know. I mean it it is good. He played great, but it is you you, you question the the difficulty of the golf course, too. Sure. And I'm like, as nice as the Sea Island golf course is, I mean, it's three golf courses there, and they're playing what ocean was it, Oceanside, or is that the, the well, name they, of the golf they played two the first, seaside, seaside? I'm sorry, seaside and plantation. They play the first seaside. two days and then they finish on seaside. But he shot 61 61 on seaside. I mean, it, it's in great, great shape, but yeah, it had ball. it's not blowing, then it's very easy. Um, it's a wedge wedge fest. Um, I mean, these stats are kind of you know ridiculous total driving first, ball striking first, strokes gained second, distance sixth. Like, that, you're, that's the winner <laughs> every week. If you can do that every week, you're gonna, if you don't win, you're gonna finish second. Um, and the guy's been trending. Obviously, we've talked about him quite a bit in the last, you know, three months. He's he's trending and and you know moving his way up. You know what the, the crazy thing is, I actually had not heard him give an interview, and he is <laughs> he might as well be American. Like you can't even you can, I can't recognize any accent with this guy. No, there's not much. I mean, obviously, he's, Partly, he's spent the last handful of years in Lubbock, Texas. Sure at texas tech so you know that'll that'll change it really quickly you but, know we talked about we talked about my accent you know you can lose an accent jay you Last can we talk about my accent so you can lose oh. an accent when you go to the south but i didn't get rid of mine so i still have long eyes <laughs> i've got a seven iron you gotta seven you gotta iron. Move to move to boston you'll be dropping your r's We <laughs> <laughs> you got a 25 letter alphabet Is the bunkers <laughs> <laughs> it's not in british <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I so many people text me this past week and said you guys are absolute nuts like they could not stop laughing at us going down the list or because i mean i'm obviously terrible at it as you could hear like i have no clue how to pronounce anything other than uh you, you know that southern drawl so here we Well, are. it still wasn't as bad as McLean's attempt when he said try to say rollback with a Boston accent and sounded German. You were right. You called him German. It was definitely <laughs> it was it was awful. <laughs> bad. Real bad. <laughs> he, 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 that, it was like roll back. Yeah. The, I'm like, "What does he make any sense. <laughs> You've already said the word and you just add a <laughs> at the end. <laughs> I don't care what language or accent you're trying to do it still doesn't make any sense <laughs> still doesn't match so, um anyways yeah he does not sound Swedish you, you're right No, he doesn't I mean it's it, it's it's very uh I hate to say subtle for lack of a better word uh it's Americanized I mean he, it sounds pretty normal to us um I'm sure other countries wouldn't say the same but for us I mean I could I couldn't uh pick up on uh pick up on any accent at all but and he certainly is playing some incredible golf. I mean, I keep seeing, you know, swing after swing after swing on Instagram of of Ebert. Um, Like I was like, God, this guy swings it really good. I mean, <laughs> it's really good. Doesn't hurt that he's six three, six four. Tons of tons of length, tons of leverage. Like uh, the swing looks super simple and yeah. rhythmic, and apparently he does everything well. Like I mean, he. Drives the ball. He, obviously, I just gave you the stats. Number one in driving. Great iron player. He still puts it great. I mean, he's 24, so he's got no fear, no scar tissue. Let's just send it. Um, so, I mean, this guy is, like, on a steep curve, like, to to the top, like, based on the way he's been playing. Oh, yeah. And I he's, mean, and he's totally, you know, the cool thing is, like, they did an interview with him. Uh, you know, just, I know you probably saw this, but they're just talking to him about like being nervous and he's just so real, kind of like Victor Hovland a little bit. Like he just, they interviewed him. He's like, I, you know, I, I was very nervous. I've been very nervous. And I, like, I'm just trying to get comfortable with being uncomfortable, which I love that quote. I've always mm-hmm. thought that's a really cool quote, but it, he, he, He basically just is accepting the fact that like if you want to play at that level, then you're going to be put in situations where you're you're it's new and it's it's unknown and it's not predictable and you're gonna be your body is gonna be uncomfortable. And he's just like I just I'm just telling myself, like, look, anyone in my position would be uncomfortable, they'd be nervous. So I just accept it and just say, you know what? I'm just gonna embrace it, be nervous enjoy it, and, you know, if I have to poke fun at myself for being nervous about it, like, and that I, I wholeheartedly think that that's, that's the one of the biggest factors of why he's been, been successful outside of his skill set. I mean, he's obviously a very talented guy, 6'4", 6'3", great golf swing, hits it long, hits it straight. I mean, those, but there's 50 other players on tour that swing it just as good as him, hit it just as good as him, hit it further than him or close to it, and they maybe don't have the same type of mentality um, entering a tournament. So it's funny you see these trends with these guys. And like uh, I, I, I keep using um, uh, Victor Hovland as ex- as an example. I mean, he really he really doesn't do anything amazing. You know, he's mm-hmm. not the longest contour, He's not the best iron player. We know he's not the best. Uh, uh, chipper and putter so if you put all that together you're like okay this this guy's like a middle of the road kind of player but he's got a totally different outlook he's so patient and so present right i don't know if that that makes sense but he just maybe it's something to do with that you know scandinavian you know sweden norway it wouldn't have to do with their their upbringing and where they're from yeah, hundred percent. That that culture is just like, hey, don't get too far ahead of yourself. Like, just enjoy what you're doing, and be the best that you can be. I mean, it's not like you're being lazy. Um, he works his tail off, but he also just understands like, hey, I, I'm in the moment. Like, I'm gonna enjoy. I'm gonna. I'm going to enjoy playing professional golf, and I want to hit the best shot I can hit. But if I don't, then I'm gonna learn from it. And I'm gonna get better. Like, you need truly. Some people say that, like, oh, truly I just, but he truly lives by it, like doesn't even mean it. He just like he acts on it and he lives by it and he encompasses that whole, you know, that whole um, that sa- that whole saying and that uh, everything about it, like he just does it like he lives it. And like, you know, that's why we see him doing great things, you know, and I think Aber does the same or does the same thing. It has the same type of outlook. And there, we've always, we, we've we kind of touched on this over the last three years about what makes somebody clutch. And I think, you know, this type of mentality is, is, is it shows up over and over and over like that, that ability to, to ground yourself and make yourself present in these really tough moments. Like, how can you calm your body? How can you calm your mind to focus on what is right in front of you? Like one foot in front of the other one swing in front of the other, like I know this obviously this is all the same shit that everybody says It's the cliche, like one shot at a time. And, but you've got to, it's not easy do it. to do that. Like you have to practice it. You have to practice doing that. And these guys are doing it right now. And there are more talented guys out there in my opinion. Um, I I'm not saying that these guys are not talented because they they certainly are. They're they're obviously top you know top 10 top 20 players in the world so they're very talented but there are other other players that are from a skill set standpoint that are just as talented if not more talented but maybe they just don't have they don't have the same approach uh mentally that these guys have. And Yeah, that, I mean, Neymar's got a, his his driving is it's world, pretty incredible. world class. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, driving the ball like that is it, it, it's being able to drive the ball with that much consistency it is just as much a mental um a mental strength that it as it is a physical strength. Like you can you can make all of the the proper movements and the, put the club in the right position and you know have the right have all of the right uh, synchronization, you know,, you know, arms, you know, body, you know, lower body, club face, all of those things can work well. But if you don't have that, that, that mindset and that freedom to be able to just say, Hey, let it go. I mean, think about the perfect examples. Like you take a guy at your local club that's playing with his buddies and he's a great, dri- great swing, great driver, hits the ball in the screws, hits every fairway for the most part. And then you put him in a tournament and then he misses like, more than half the fairways and like what happened you just hit you know 13 or 14 fairways the day before on the same golf course and then you come out and you only hit six fairways that that's not a technical issue it's not a technical problem that's a that's a mental problem right that's a lack of freedom uh of a lack of uh staying in the moment staying present and you know just allowing your body to do what it knows how to do so the other the, thing these I guys, was, those guys, the Aberg's is doing that right now, which is fun to watch. I don't know how long it lasts, but I, the one thing I, I love about it, and I've been trying to look this up while you've been talking here. I think I finally kind of found it is he had this quote oh. about winning. Did you see that? No, no, no. I didn't see it. Well, maybe, but I'd love to hear. Um, it he goes, I just talked they asked him about winning. Uh, He goes, I think the whole concept of winning a tournament, I just fell in love with it. I just absolutely love it. There's something very weird and special about it. You know, you just want to do it again and again and again. Like that attitude, like he's like, man, I get a taste of this now. Like, I want to go fucking win everything. Like, it's like no one's stopping me. Like, I got to have it. It's like an urge. It's a need. It's a, you and I have the urge to drink bourbon. He has the urge to win golf (laughs) tournaments. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think there that that's the that that that's the differentiator between like a great golfer and an and and a like a like a Hall of Fame golfer. Like mm-hmm. someone who has that itch, like they they will do whatever it takes to get to that next level. I mean, we've seen in the golf world you like a Tiger Woods, you know, Jack Nicklaus I'm thinking even in the, just the past 30 years I mean outside of Tiger I can't think of anybody. I mean you could probably say Phil Nicholson with six majors mm-hmm. and and 40 plus you know PGA Tour events um the just that drive to win at all costs you know um but Like, and then you compare it to other sports, like a Tom Brady. We've heard plenty of Tom Brady interviews. And he's like, if you're not working to, if you're not working to get better, then you're, someone's passing you, which I love. I love that, Mm -hmm. that quote, like the, the, it's, it's, it's actually a tough, it's a tough, uh, a tough road, especially in, in that for a professional athlete in any sport, because you never feel like you're doing you, you never can really enjoy the moment, and then by the time your career is over, you're like, man, I wish I had just taken a second to just sit back and just say, man, this is awesome, you know. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm sure there's moments where where Tom Brady did that, but like you, you're constantly trying to get better because you know, and the only way that you're going to stay on top is to keep improving, keep improving. You got to be a little keep, bit keep of keep a psycho improving. about it. You you have to. Michael Jordan, same way. Like it was like never good enough. Like it was never you like it, I, I won six six championships. Like I should win seven. You know I should win eight. I should have won nine. Should have won ten. You know that's the that's their mentality. You know, and that's uh, it's a gift and a curse. And I think um, you're only gonna appreciate it when you are like completely out of it. You know, and I think Michael Jordan obviously now he's just kind of riding it out. Like after twenty years of not, he's enjoying playing. it now. He's enjoying it now. Plus, he's a billionaire because everyone wants his shoes. But <laughs> it helps. But and there's there's always the the goat debate for him, and it's been going on for 20 years. You know, which is incredible. Like like your legacy just like won't go away. Like like everyone still thinks that you're the greatest basketball player of all time. You know, after you you've retired for oh, it's been over 20 years. Like that's in. An- What's it been that long? God damn. Yeah, two thousand two or three, I guess is the last. Yeah, the <laughs> wizard. But old, old. All right, so here's anyway. a question for you. Leading into you know the last month or so, everyone was saying Eric Cole was the runaway rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. Is it now Aberg? So let me mm-hmm. go over some numbers. So Aberg only turned pro in the summer. He did have a yeah. couple starts as an amateur that he made the cut in. But I think these numbers that I'm looking at are his when he turned pro. He's played in 11 events on the PJ Tour, not including the win over in Europe and the couple of events he played over there. He's played in 11 events, one win, one runner up, which he lost in a playoff, four top 10s, eight top 25s, one missed cut in, in 11 events. And then you go to Eric Cole. Don't know if he saw his family this, this year because he played in 37 events. No wins, two runner-ups, seven top 10s, 14 top 25s, uh, missed 10 cuts. It's close. It's close. I mean... Do you give Eric Cole the benefit of the doubt because he played in way more events or because I think, Ludwig... I think you do. I mean, honestly, I think... I, I think- I think Ludwig is going to have an incredible, incredible career. Um, And I think you have to reward the guy who decided to play in four, almost 40 events. And, and and it was, it's an incredible story too. Like, I think that's, what's cool about rookie of the year. Like if, 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 if Aberg doesn't win the rookie of the year, that's not a, Big deal for him because he's like I I, I can win the player of the year. The player of well, the he year. Could, he could actually year. still win rookie of the year next year. He would still technically be considered a rookie. Exactly. So I think that's the, that's the deciding factor in my opinion. Like you have somebody who's played, and so he he doesn't necessarily qualify because he didn't play in, playing enough events. Is that what you're saying? For yeah, for I Lug, think. Luggers? Yeah, I think it's because it was a partial year, I think technically yeah. he's still be considered a rookie next year. I think I'm not positive on that. They'll hold me to it, but um because it'll be his first full season, you know, it's like a yeah, a, a guy getting using his seven sponsors exemptions, you know, yeah. Or, you, or he's whatever. not officially a rookie that year. Yeah. I would uh yeah, I think I'm I'm pretty confident in saying that I think it should be Eric Cole. Okay. Given given his history, I mean he's in mid thirties he's been playing the mini tours bouncing around like and he's put in his due diligence, put in his time and then you you said how many top 10s did he have this year? He had 7 top 10s this year. That's that's incredible. And two no, Ludwig rock. Ludwig had 4 top 10s in way less events. 11 events. <laughs> that's pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> uh he's going to win. He's probably going to win. Multiple PJ tour events, and if not a major, like he's I think he's one of those guys that could win like a major. I heard a, a I think a great comp. I think he could be the next like Dustin Johnson. It just wins once a year. It just wins once year. a year every year for Five 20 years. years. He just he drives it so good. Like, I mean, there's so it's such a premium on driving the golf ball. It's like it's unbelievable. And that's what that was Dustin Johnson's biggest strength. He was a very average putter. He wasn't a bad putter. He never has been a bad putter, but he was never like a great putter. He did have a decent short game. He had he had good hands. He could chip the ball well. Um, in the first half of his career, he was an average wedge player. So he would he still won, still won being. every year for the first seven or eight years before he started to figure out how to hit his wedges, and then. The last five or six years, he he would win multiple times a year. Like it was like three, two, three, four times a year he would win. Not maybe not four, but at least two or three times a year. And then obviously he he'd he ship. But the last five years of, of his PGA tour career, he was really dominant. He was a top five player in the world every year. Yeah. It was it was a no-brainer. And and this guy is is very similar. He's kind of same build drives it Tall, great. athletic, yeah. Tall, athletic, hits it a long way, great iron player, great wedge wedge player and then and then a and a good putter, like a yeah. good putter. Like it, n- there's nothing about his putting that you're like, "Oh, this could this could be bad or he could have some problems." Um, whereas, you know, some other I mean, Dustin, you watch him putt sometimes, you know, like, "Ah, I could see where he get yeah. a little shaky on some of the short putts." Swipey. Swipy kind of, you know, but Aber, you know, I don't see that. Like the guy's solid all the way around. Yeah, it's it's the kid's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Real impressive. It'll, it'll be fun. And now there was a bunch of stats going around about like his birdies per round and his scoring average and this and that. And I'm like, well, you can't really like it was a better lower scoring average than Scotty Scheffler for the events that he played. Now he he didn't play in the hard events, right? The hard yeah. golf courses. He didn't yeah. play in any of the majors. He didn't play in the players. He didn't play hard to compare. uh, Like it's, it's just, you can't compare. So I kind of throw as much as I, I love this kid and and impressed by him and going to root for him. Some of those numbers are just way out of sorts. It's just, you just Mm -hmm. can't compare. I mean, he's, he played a bunch of these events where it was 25 under and better was winning, you know? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, good, good, impressive stuff from the guy. Uh, Set a few records along the way, like you said. That golf course is, was is too easy for them. Is, is playing easy? They had ball in hand, but he set like the 36 hole scoring record. I think he he tied the 72 hole. Um, you know, not the relation to par, but strokes total strokes in yeah. 72 holes. So I yeah, I have a feeling they're not going to go that um, that golf course. I mean, I, I maybe they've already committed for next year, but I have a feeling that it's they're not going to go there after. I think they already know, committed the next for year. next year, but yeah, but after that, knows. and I and I get it. There's a ton of guys that live down there, and it's easy. There's probably 20 players that live in the Sea area. Well, and and Davis Love plays a huge. Like he's the host yeah. of it, and he's you know he's. But it's, it's a joke. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't know how many people that have texted me, like, is this real? Like, 27, 28 hundred par wins. The I mean, it's not even it's not really that fun to watch because there's there's just no chance for these guys to make pogies like every hole. It's like driver. OK, wedge, driver, wedge, driver, wedge. It's not really fun to watch. Yeah. I mean, McKenzie, McKenzie Hughes started the weekend three back. Of Aberg shoots 60 63 and loses ground. He said 60 63 and lost mm-hmm. ground, lost by a stroke in the weekend. That's dumb. His deficit went from three to four. Like, <laughs> like he, uh, he, there's no way you can even possibly think about playing any better. Yeah. No, like, Mackenzie Hughes would have signed for that Friday night and said, okay, let me know. I'll come back to my trophy yeah. ceremony on Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, I don't, I, I think, I mean, as much as I like Sea Island, I think it's a cool place, Um, but the the golf course is, it's not up to Yeah, it's, it's a, like, res- it's a resort. Yeah. yeah. Resort golf. There's too many other places that they can go and play and, and make it a, a good test. And I, I understand that they like to go there. I don't know. Maybe you go to Frederica, that, 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 that golf course is it's super hard now that i think the issue is getting fans around and being able to watch that because it's there's not a whole lot of space there but um yeah we'll see all right so the uh the tournament within the tournament this fall these 10 guys are considered the next 10 so the top 50 From the regular season points, anyone who qualified for the BMW gets into all of the elevated designated signature, Mm -hmm. whatever you want to call them events. The other guys were playing for their position to see if they could get into 51 to 60. So the next 10, and and these guys get into the first two, um, not Kapalua, because that's the Tournament of Champions, even though it's not just champions anymore need to re, rename that tournament but they these guys get so it's in not tournament of champions like No, it's it's tournament of champions and anyone who made the um tour championship. Now get into the Lua. Uh, was that that th- That's our that last, last, last year. That's our last year oh, okay. actually. That's right. Okay, I do remember um, that. So um these guys get into the first two other Signature events, which are the Genesis at Riviera and Pebble Beach. The top ten are Mackenzie Hughes, Bo Hosler, Ludwig Aberg, Ben Griffin, Taylor Montgomery, Matt Kuchar, Nick Hardy, JJ Spawn, your boys Sam Ryder and Luke List are the ten that played their way um in. So a couple of guys fell out, um, got bumped out. And so just I don't know. I don't know what to do with that, but that's that's that. And I felt like as a member of the media, we had to help him. The so JJ's fine, huh? He has played some good golf. Didn't he I thought he he, he even won an event, didn't he? Uh, did he? I don't know Is if he, he? I, don't know. I don't know, maybe he didn't. I don't think so, he won. Hmm. The other list that I'm more interested in seeing no. that was finalized this week. So I don't know if we need to talk about it. So Rory wins the race to Dubai, which was already decided before the final tournament, the DP World Tour Championship. Nikolai Hogard, uh, very impressive. He's been playing his ass off, just kind of getting a boost after the Ryder Cup. He wins the tournament. But their top 10 who are not already exempt on the PJ Tour, on the DP World Tour, get PJ Tour That's cards. True. Oh, nice. Which, again, now the the DP World Tour is essentially directly a feeder tour (laughs) for the PGA Tour. Yeah. So I'll be curious to see how much these guys come over, but those guys are uh, Adrian Maronk, who had an awesome year, probably should have been on the – potentially should have been on the Ryder Cup team. But uh, Adrian Maronk, Ryan Fox, who is a damn good player, hits the ball a mile. I mean, he's a top 30 player in the world and, and barely plays in the States. Uh, Victor Perez, Dearborn Olsen, uh, Alexander Bjork, Sammy Valamaki. One of my favorite players. Uh, Bob McIntyre. Mm, another one. Uh, Mateo Pavon, Jorge Campillo, Rio Hissa, something. And that's it. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, these are, uh, these are studs, studs right here. Studs. There's a few studs. I think Moran can do something, Fox. Uh, I mean, Thurborn Olsen's played a little bit on tour. Uh, Victor Perez has played a little bit uh, on the PGA Tour. But anyways, I think some of those guys. Bob McIntyre. I mean, obviously, he's a rudder cupper. Rudder cupper. Yep. Um, Moronk should have been. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what those guys do. But some kind of newer, newish names to look out for uh, if they take up full membership on the PGA Tour. So we got that um, off course news. Where do we want to go first? TGL. Let's go TGL. Not yeah. happening this year. My Boston common golf team has a whole other year to practice and get ready. Hitting into screens. Uh, everyone, I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you're a golf nerd, golf junkie. I'm sure you have seen that the roof collapsed on the, NFL practice bubble that they were going to play in it was pretty much what it looked like. <laughs> it did look like a bubble. Um, look, nothing like the renderings they had put out months ago on what this facility it, was going to look like. They were calling it. So it's called SoFi stadium. And I think I've played an indoor soccer game in something like this is what I, I mean it looked it, like to me. It was the thing that was so bizarre to me. I was like, why, why did you think that this was going to be a good facility? Like, it wasn't even like a hurricane. It was just like a. Well, it was like first a, like a power failure that initially took it down. And then they had like a couple days of pretty heavy storms that then just like demolished it. Like, and I was like, wow, who are the architects here that, that said this is going to be a good idea and it's going to work? Like, in Florida, where there's storms all the time. Yeah. I was like, what, what is going on? Like, I, I, I kind of I started digging in. I'm like, this sounds like a, a really bad um you know strategy here to get this this thing up and running like it was nothing made sense mm-hmm. it's like uh, where where are you guys like do you understand where you are and like what what type of weather is going to come in you have a couple of thunderstorms and some wind and all of a sudden you're like hey we got to postpone this to 2025 two years two wow, years a year away? i mean so a year right so the the supposed to start january 2024 it's going to be january 2025 so one year yeah, either way. Just, but still, just, a long, long, and I think part of that, my guess is, again, I feel like we're talking about live. They don't put out much information. They just kind of give us this poppycock social media shit, you know. Which Brooks had, Brooks Koepka had his comments on that. Too, he, had he had some thought. comments on that. Yeah, I don't blame him. They the TGL hasn't told us like how these teams are made. They this again. Let's have a cool draft. You know, name team captains. Let's have a cool draft that. Somehow they skip that again, mainly because I think these teams are basically made on schedules, right? Yeah. There's the team schedule, three of the four on the team have to be in attendance to play. I think they just asked all these guys, hey, give us your schedules. What states are you available to play in? And that's how they were made. I am I would put all my money on it. That's how yep. it was made. And so when they then come out with their schedule and they have all these guys lined up and they all know which which of ones they're gonna play and which ones they're gonna skip and this thing happens they can't say hey we're gonna push the start back to May because it's gonna completely fuck all the teams and the schedules and that goes out the window. That would be my guess. Yeah.
1: I would agree with that.
0: Because it's not real golf and it's not competitive and it's just fun. It's fake golf. It's simulator golf. Fake golf. So Anyways, TGL um, takes a big, big hit, and yeah, there's that. Uh, We talked about Rory uh, last week. It came out right when before we got on on the air. Jordan Spieth has been announced as his replacement, and that makes sense. He's he's already spent a bunch of time on the policy board and the pack and all that kind of stuff, and so I think that kind of makes sense. I think you kind of had to replace him with. Another big name. Yeah, I I can't think of anybody else that would have would have been better suited to fit that role than role. Jordan yeah. Speed. I don't know why he'd want to do it, but I don't either. And that's that's a that's a Jordan Spieth problem, not a correct not a DJ Tour problem. They're correct. like, Great. Oh, I can't believe you want to do this, but we're great. <laughs> we're grateful that you want to do it. And unless there, there's there's from what I understand, there's no financial benefit from these guys joining this from what i understand correct like they don't pay these guys to be on the board unless unless you're Lanto Griffin our buddy yeah he is he, he was very opinionated on he was very opinionated so on, on why he thought Rory was in the position that he was in and then yeah and so I, i'm not to. i would suggest to our listeners that they google that's an Adam Schupek article um kind of about Rory coming off the board and he interviewed Lanto and some other guys and to get some quotes on it. And Lanto, man, he opened up. He, he had, did open up. He he did not hold back. And there were some things I agree with Lanto. Sometimes I don't agree with Lanto and what he said. You know, he intimated that Rory was getting paid off. He said um, he was bought by the tour, not directly but some of the tours big sponsors are also influencing sponsors, him our sponsors of rory and so they said hey come on you know carry our water for us and we'll have this xyz sponsor you know throw you a million a year or whatever it may be whether that's true or not there's no facts yeah. behind it i don't know but that was what lanta was uh insinuating right. yep yeah. um it, do- it does it it the the optics on that are not great.
1: Right? Yeah. I mean, so, now
0: you can take that to Jordan Spieth, right? Who's Jordan Spieth? Yeah. One of his biggest AT&T. AT&T sponsors two events. Yeah. And hey, hey AT&T, throw, throw him an extra little bonus for doing this. You know? A- and who knows? You know, I, I, I actually, I actually commend him for even uh, bringing that up and, and making a point because that's, that's a, uh, I wouldn't say that's a popular stance to take when it comes to, you know, commenting on the player board. Like you want you want this representative that's going to be on the player board to represent the players and you want to you know have this person be you want them to be on your side and have your back and if, you know, to take that that stance means that um he really feels that, that there is something that's not truthful and accurate. For him to even bring that up sure. so you know i i again i we, we obviously lanto is a, f- a friend of ours a friend of the pod so we're, we're taking this uh with some discretion here and trying to really dig in but i i, I knowing knowing lanto and how thoughtful he is and when i say thoughtful i mean he is he's not going to typically say anything without really digging in and making sure that uh, it's an accurate assumption. Stops. Yeah, he's not he he's not a guy that's going to make some lewd comments. So there 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 is probably something there. You know, in my opinion, I, I'm not going to say that Rory was paid off by sponsors to to be on the board. I'm not saying that that Jordan is paid off by sponsors to be on the board and take on that role. But it's definitely a question. It's sure. definitely something. And, I, that, and I'm also that, not going to say I'm not sure they 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 don't deserve some extra for if to, these for guys are legitimately spending Bulls, yeah. six, seven hours on like zoom calls and board meetings, then maybe they do deserve some compensation for their time. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's fair. That's they've, fair. they have stepped, they have stepped up and volunteered or not volunteered, but they have stepped up with their personal time that they could be spending to try to do what they think is in the best interest of the tour and their fellow professionals. Like, yeah, so if the, those and, people don't like it, then you guys step up and. and sure, on the board. sure. And taking a stance and being being yeah. uh, kind of a, I want to say a role model of being the face of the tour for the players uh, and and not just for the players, but to the media. So like, for fucking I mean, Jay Monahan should be loving. I mean, he never got in front of the media all this past year, but Rory had to answer all the questions. He was like the shadow commissioner because Monaghan wouldn't answer questions on it enough. Which like, is kind of shitty, you know? Yeah. I, he kind of held him up, hung him out the dry out there. You know, I remember seeing um, the, I mean, the, God, why, why can't I think of the past? The past Fincham. Tim Fincham. Like, you know, I remember seeing Tim Fincham talk all the time in the 90s, in the 2000s, you know, all the time. Now, granted, he did have. I think, I think he liked the microphone, though. He did like the microphone, but he's a smart dude. He's a lawyer. He was he had his shit together. Um, and I'm not saying that Jay money is not a smart guy. He obviously I don't think he he's comfortable sweats. doing it though. I don't think he's as comfortable as Tim Fincham. And I think Tim Fincham had some some good contacts and some good people to rely on. And he also had the best player of the world, you know, at his peak. Was just well, yeah. Helped. It was all rainbows and unicorns because Tim could roll out there and say, "Look how much money we're getting in TV revenue and sponsorship I dollars because you got I Tiger, Woods, Tiger so. Woods, one of the most trans transcending athletes in the last hundred years." You know, outside of Michael Jordan and like Babe Ruth, like all right, let's go. Yeah. So yeah, that was easy, but you know, and, <laughs> and I think Lonto brings up another good point to an extent about. How much these elevated events are getting FedEx Cup point wise? You know, Alonso's mm-hmm. thing wasn't really about money; it was more about FedEx Cup points. That he's going to be at a disadvantage because the points are so elevated that these guys aren't going to ever lose their card, and it's going to be hard for those guys not in those to keep them. And that's one thing I do want to see is is what is the the churn rate? How many guys are new guys are getting into this top fifty, and how many guys in the top fifty are falling out for next season? You know, now I'm talking, I'm saying next as in 2025. So we got 2024 set. What's that top 50 look like? How many actually fall out? Yeah. And, um again, you could also make the argument, well, play better and get into that top 50 in the first place. You don't have to worry about it. But I think for it to be successful, there has to be a decent amount of turnover. And it can't just be the same 50 guys year in or year out, because then they're just gonna get old and you know, the new guys aren't gonna come on and, and be able to make it through. You know playing the the lesser events and, and earn enough points to get up there so that's yes. that's what i do want to see I i, I agree 100 i would say you're you're talking to a guy who spent 15 years you know playing and trying to work his way on the pga tour and 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 being the the i'd say the beneficiary of of the system not in a in a positive in a positive light like You know, earning, I mean, I earned web.com status, finished, you know, the top 45 players got their, uh, their corn fairy cards and I finished 50 something and didn't get a single start uh, the year that I had conditional status. And every other year, the 10 years prior the 10 years after they, all of those players got 10 starts, you know, and I just needed one. I just needed one start to get a chance. Right. And. Just for whatever reason, that was the year that, you know, things just, you know, lined up where, you know, past champion status, yada, 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 you know, different, con- uh, different conditional statuses. And then they had different categories where it just didn't work out. I just didn't get a start finishing 50th, you know, in final stage of Q school. Um, no, i Monday qualified and some events in different years, but that year I didn't get a start. Um and th- that's the disappointing part, in my opinion, that you've got guys who um, – and I have no problem saying this. There's there's guys who should not have been playing in those events. Um, and, and, and to your point, like you want, you want a good mix of the players that have earned the right to play out there, and they put the time in, they practice, they play, they're playing in every event, they're doing every qualifier. Um, and then you have the other guys who don't do anything – and they take their past champion, you know, five or six starts and they play, you know, the first six holes and they withdraw. Like that's bullshit. Well, especially yeah, when he's yes. elevated against too, when there's no yeah. cut. So there's not like there's a threat of them missing a cut to not earn points. Like exactly. Like if you if you have any inclination that you're not gonna make it through four rounds, you know, hey, do the right thing. Give these guys a chance, or suck it up and play through injury. Like, geez, Louise. I mean, look at every other sport that we watch. You know, NFL. These guys are hurt nonstop because they want to get their paycheck. Like, it's almost like, hey, you know, you need to finish finish the the week. Like, if you withdraw, you should get zero. In my opinion, yeah. Like for these for these guaranteed events, these these seventy you know man field events. If you don't finish, if you don't finish the event, you should get zero dollars, in my opinion. Like, why are we rewarding somebody to tee up and then quit after the first before the first round's over, when you've got a guy sitting waiting, the seventy-first guy? Yeah, who can be there? Yeah, they can be there and play. Like that—that that part of it's bullshit. Like so, that. that I will be. That's what I'm really curious to see in in how many of these top fifty drop out, or is it just too skewed to the top fifty that? Mm-hmm they're just going to be we're, we're going to get 48 of the 50 yeah back there in 2025 then then I won't like it and I get it I do like the meritocracy of you play better you earn it you get your points yeah. you get your dollars sure. that's great but there has sure. to be some threat for the guys to fall out as well yeah for, I agree I, I think you got to have bad those. golf you can't finish it, you know there's 78 of 78 players in these events you can't finish 75th every week and then still get just because the points are elevated, you're going to get your spot back. You know, yeah. next season. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, I, it, without like having any, any any exact numbers in front of me, I would say you would want to cl- you would want to keep 75 of the of the top players in play, and you you want to open that up for the other 25. Yeah, for uh, for new players again. That's like they, they want, the, you want some congruency and you want some familiarity with the the pro- players that you've seen over the past five to ten to twenty years? Like, oh, I love this guy; he's a fun guy to watch. Uh, he's playing well. Oh, he's right on the fringe. He's going to keep his card. He's going to keep playing well. But then you also want to pull for these young guys that, like, hey, he just won the U.S. Amateur, or this guy just won. And there's a lot of the, 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 the NCA every year. There's there's five to ten guys every year that you're like, this guy's incredible. I want to see him. Um, so I think there, there should be some room for that. Like, and I, I do understand, like, if you've earned it at a certain level, you should, you should continue to play. Um, and that's the one beauty of, of professional golf is that if you don't earn it, then you lose your card. And I think that you can't get rid of that, but, um, I, I don't think it should be such a guarantee for playing mediocre golf like it's like oh i played good i finished in the top 125 i'm i'm i got my car- card for the entire year um where it's like you have the same status as the guy who finished you know 70 76 on on tour like he beat you by 50 spots and you guys have the same status for the most part yeah. like let's give let's give 10 spots to the young guys who are busting their ass you know so Um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if that changes at all. It should, it it should change because we need it. So, uh, two other things: Paul Azinger out at LBC. See ya. I'm fine with it. He's annoying as hell to me. I actually, and I used to love Zinger when I was like a kid, he was like (laughs) one of my favorite guys. Um, I still like Zinger. I think he's just been mailing it in the last couple of years on the coverage. I just don't think he's been as good as he used to be. Uh, And so I'm fine with it. I don't know who they're going to replace. It seemed like there was some weird news about how it happened, whether he got fired or let go or didn't renew or he turned them down. I guess they were getting close to a one-year extension. And he went back with... Well, I need XYZ. Like they had like 75% of the deal agreed to, and he went back with, I need XYZ. And they're like, mm. um, See you later. No, actually, on second thought, we're good. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, it's tough. I mean, obviously, we, we know, we know Curtis Strange and Friend of the Pod, and Tom Strange used to be a, a member of our group and uh, kind of a similar situation, you know, without, without going through all the details. You know, Curtis was there for 10, 10 15 years and he still and he still you know does stuff for ESPN and ABC but um yeah I think he, it's a tough being an announcer you you've got to one you've got to really be able to connect with the players and understand the players and be able to report on the players as the commentator not as the or as the analyst and the commentator not as the host so you you really have a duty to like really dig in and get inform. the details and and inform the audience on the players and 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 I think once you get to a certain point in age wise like uh Azinger almost 60 years old now right like I think he's there's a little bit of a disconnect and if you are not actively pushing to like meet with these guys meet with the caddies meet with the players like what are they doing like give us some insight like that's why you're there to give insight. Like, what are they trying to do? Um, and if you can't do that, then they can fill that with somebody else that they can pay them less, and that sucks. You know, when you look at it from a from a financial standpoint, sure. You know, as 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 a as an analyst, you're like, man, I put this much time, and there's, there's there's not as much loyalty when it comes to comes to that, and which is kind of a bummer. And I, mean, I I kind of feel for Azinger a little bit. Um, I don't think he was that great. Personally, I, he wasn't bad. He wasn't that great, but I feel for him a little bit in the sense that sure. I can understand how the network works. So, like, you want ten million dollars when I can I can hire so and so that's probably closer to, um, you know, closer to the to to the players and and can give us a little bit more insight. And I can give him the same contract for for three million. You know, it's like, well, why would I pay you ten million when you're not really pushing? to get that information from the guys you're not really yeah. digging in um so i i understand it from both sides i can see where he would be upset but i can also see where where the network is like you know what i can you know if you were really pushing i don't think he's really been pushing the last couple of years no. um i'm I've, hear, I've heard the same comments from him over and over and over same and, stuff and it doesn't sound like he's really trying to get to know the players and what they're trying to do. Like he's not walking the golf course with them, you know. Like, and that's what—that's his job. He's the—he's the—he's the analyst. You know, he's not the host. You know, it's not Mike Tirico. He's not—he's not, he's not um, Hicks, Jim yeah. Nance. What did, did you, is it is, did Dan Hicks? Is he gone too, or is Dan Hicks? No, both? he's still there. Although, and yeah. NBC Sports is is struggling. They said there's going to be more changes coming that includes members of the golf channel as well, since they own the golf channel. So I I think you're going to see some more changes. They've been, NBC has been getting killed over the last couple of years of their telecasts is just not good. CBS used to get killed and they've made some changes. They get a new, new executive director and, you know, fouled those now out and Immelman's in and they've made some changes. And so some of these networks are going through some reorganization, but it sounds like NBC from a financial standpoint is struggling. So that's yeah. probably part of the reason. Kind of going back to what you said, if you can get someone for half the price, it's just as good, if not better, then they're going to do it. And it's it 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 sucks in in a sense that you it it gets to that point where it's like there's there's no loyalty. Like, hey, I put ten years into this and I busted my ass, and it's all of a sudden, because I'm ten years in, and I'm ten years older, and I'm ten years removed, that you can replace me for half the price, um, but it's a lot of money. So it's like, all right, you got paid, you know, X amount for a long time. If you, if you really wanted to to keep your job and I, again, I'm, <laughs> I've never been in this position. So I don't want to, I don't want to say anything that's, that's going to come across the wrong way, but if you really wanted to keep the job, and you really valued it, and you really enjoyed it, and you thought that you you really appreciated how much money you made, you would do everything that you could, everything single thing you could to keep that. And you would, like I said, you would be, you would be talking to every single player, uh, talking to every single caddy, walking the golf course, getting every little bit of knowledge that you could to give to give the viewers some different insight. And I don't think that azinger has been doing that the last couple of years i think and nick faldo didn't do it the last couple of years and a lot of these guys they get really good at it they show they up on friday yeah they show they show up on well i shouldn't say friday they show up on they show up depending on what, what the contract is if it's a weekend golf or it's thursday through sunday but they show up wednesday if it's if, if it's a thursday through sunday if it's uh saturday through, and sunday they show up friday they get their notes from their producer. Hey, talk about this, this, and this. Okay, great. I can do my thing, get in, get out, and I'll go home on, on Sunday night. But again, like, where's if we're paying you a lot of money to do this? Um, just like professional golf, like it's no guarantee. Like you get paid because people want to come watch you. And if you don't make people want to come watch you, then you don't get paid or you don't get the, mar- the marketing dollars, or you don't get the sponsorship dollars. So it's no difference. The same thing. And that's why it keeps changing. Um, but there are some people who are, you know, they do they do get it. They are professionals. You look at Jim Nance; he's been around for thirty plus years. Dan Hicks, pretty close to the same. So they they get it. They're professionals. Mike Tirico, mm-hmm. been around, I mean, thirty years. Like these guys, just know what what they need to do, and they, they do. They have a skill set that no one else can do. And it's like, oh, do you want to? Who else can we get to do the Masters? Uh, other than Jim Nance, like n- nobody. Yeah. Very yeah small I mean, list. nobody. I mean, so, I mean. I want to see. I want to see. You got to make yourself valuable in a sense, you know. I want to see Faxon take the role. I I love listening to Faxon. I mean. He's already think- employed by NBC. He already does work for him. He does a lot of the coverage as is. He's just not the yeah. lead analyst. I think he's a. I mean, I, I love the guy. He's one of my favorite golfers of all time, which is weird to say. I had a chance to meet him. He's just he's a golf nerd. He knows everyone. He obviously he works with a handful of these players now as as their well, putting instructor. That's um, the trick, I think. Uh, to your point, I think he's involved with the players, and that's the that's the deciding factor because, as a listener, I want to hear Brad Faxon talk about one his experience playing golf because we he's still arguably the the greatest putter of all time and two he's working with multiple players on tour so he he can give us some insight in terms of what what they're working on what are they doing like that's fun as a listener like i still I, i revert back to like from other sports like listening to to tony romo talk about what the quarterback is you know, focusing on, you know, it's, uh, you know, two man, you know, you gotta say, you've got a two man zone man under, he's like, Oh, you should be focusing on this, this, and this watch the quarterback. And he, he will, he will call it out and predict it. He's like, okay, watch this quarter, watch so-and-so right now. He's going to be looking to the right. He's looking, he sees, you know, too deep man under, he's going to be looking for this route. And then boom, it's like, it hits and you're like, damn it. That's awesome. Like, (laughs) I mean, love him or hate him. Oh yeah. But it's it's like it's fun to watch. It's fun to listen to. I mean, he sometimes can get a little bit, um, you know, you know, be, be over the top. But still, like he's giving you insight that you're not getting from any other analyst. You know, Chris Collinsworth not talking about the stuff that that is terrible. Tony Romo is talking about. Yeah, he's terrible. And t- and Troy Aikman, Troy Aikman is in that last phase where he's coasting. He's the same thing, like. At some point, he was probably giving us some good insight. Now he's too far removed. It's too easy for him. He's not. Pre- he's not pushing himself. And it's just. It's just like he says the same stuff over and over and over. Mm-hmm. I, I do like Troy Troy Aikman. I I think he's had a great career as a as a player and a great career as an analyst. But mm-hmm. I don't think he's he's pushing himself to to the next level. And it's like okay, that's when you get to the point where you're like, oh, let's make a change, like you know i'm not getting anything from this broadcast i'm not getting anything different i'm not getting any new information yeah. um so same thing with golf i am okay with them shaking some stuff up um if you're not pushing then it's for as much money as they're paying you got to switch it up yeah so all right last topic we're going to watch tiger woods play golf soon gosh it's awesome I mean, there's gonna be a lot of happy people here in about a month. I mean, I I don't know what to expect. Apparently he's been grinding. He's been, you know, there's been all the videos of him caddying for Charlie and he seems to be walking better. Like I legitimately think he looks like he's walking better. Now over you know, seventy two holes. How does it look? Um so I don't know. I mean, anytime we get to watch Tiger play right now, I'll take it. I mean, I, I don't really want to watch the guy struggle at all. I'd rather him just go away than watch him struggle um but again i'm still gonna watch i'm gonna be i've made fun of the hero world challenge but i do think it's a just a crap event i can't believe he gets the world ranking there's only 20 guys playing in it so yeah so i don't know it just it'll be good to have him back simple as that and we'll i'm gonna leave any assessment till after i see him as far as what his pga tour schedule could look like or his competitive um chances are but yeah it'll be good to see him play some golf yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to watch him play. I mean, anytime again, it's like at the tail end of someone's career. You know, you know, look at some of the greatest to ever play any of the sports. It's like I went to watch Michael Jordan play for the Wizards, and that's not the Michael Jordan that I grew up watching on WGN. You know, in the '90s and <laughs> late '80s, and you know, that's a different player. But it's like I still got a chance to watch him. It was still incredible. And there was still an aura when he walked into the onto the floor uh and i think the same is for for tiger um you know we're 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 watching a shell of what was but it's still fun to watch because we just don't see it that often it's like i mean it's it's like getting an autograph like you know this is a i'm getting an autograph from a from a a player that's like an incredible player That, you know, I don't know when I'm ever going to see this person again. So let me just get the autograph now, even though it means really nothing to me. But I had a chance to get this, grab it, and I can talk about it later in life, you know, 20 years from now. And same to watch and watching Tiger Woods play, you know, late in his career. It's not the Tiger that we've seen, but like, hey, I got a chance to watch Tiger Woods play golf at Mm -hmm. 47 years old um, for like Trey and my son, 10 years old and Maddox. They really don't have any recollection of they know who Tiger Woods is just because I've talked about him so much. But I don't really think they've really watched him play any golf. And, and no. for him to be somewhat relevant to be on TV and like, hey, you want to watch Tiger play? They are going to watch like they're going to sit down and watch him because they're like, I've already told him about the tournament. They're like, oh, we, we want to watch. I, I don't think I've ever really watched him play, you know, 18 holes. So it's pretty cool I mean I'm yeah. I'm excited about it like and I I don't say, honestly think he's gonna play I think he's gonna play well um in this event I don't think I mean I don't I wouldn't say that he would win but if he's walking the golf course and he's and it's he's not in pain then that's that's gonna be news a for, great barometer to see how he's walking yeah. on Sunday afternoon because that's the last time we saw it was you could tell like by the end of the tournament the guy had nothing left like yeah. So Nothing. did the extra surgeries help? Has his rehab helped? It sounds is, like uh, it has. It sounds like it has, but we'll see. we heard this last yes. time too and um But, but it yeah. would be it would be really cool if he were able to make it through this event, play decent. I don't I don't need you to win, Tiger. I don't I just just don't finish last. Yeah. You know, finish, you know, it would is, is there, are are there 18 players playing, 19? I think it's 18 20? yeah. 18 let's just finish if you can sneak into the top 10 Mm -hmm. or or close maybe top 12 play respectable beat a couple guys who play full-time there's some value to that because the other 17 players that are playing are the top top 20 players in the world for the most part if you beat five or six of these guys okay here we go We're, we're we're not too far off Mm-hmm. And let's see, let's see five to seven tournaments in 2024, you know, throw three of the majors in. maybe one major you're beat up and you want to take a break. If it's, you know, I don't, I mean, looking at, you got the masters, you got Pinehurst. you've got, um, where's the where's, the, where's the PGA and Valhalla the, or is one before he's one before he's going to play it. Is it Although Valhalla? it's not, a, sure it it, is. It, it, it's a little, it's, it's not an easy walk, but it's not terrible. Um, and then where's, where's the, uh, where's, where's the, the open championship? Where's the, Brit- or where's the U S open? Oh, US Pines, that's, right. that's right. Um, which he hasn't played. Well, I shouldn't say he hasn't played great there. He finished second one year. Um, but that was, that was 20 plus years ago. Um, but anyway, that, that's an easy walk. Like he can do that. It's very flat. There's very little, you know, undulation on that golf course. So. Um, you know, if if we could, I mean, that'd be so awesome to see seven events from Tiger. Oh, that'd, that'd be that would be great to play some win. of his 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 favorite events. Say he gets three three of the majors and like four other like like the Memorial, you know, some of the like Bay Hill, like the Genesis that he just dominates the Genesis, yeah. like Genesis the events amazing, that he yeah. really is comfortable playing. That would be great. That'd be uh, fun. The, oh, the opens at Royal Troon. Royal Trin, yeah. which I, I'm not sure what his success rate is at Royal Trin. I He didn't yeah, win I d- there. I do know that was the duel with um, Stenson and Mickelson. That was true. Oh, that's right. That's I where don't, they I don't just know his. blitzed the field. Like they won. Yeah. They Both of those guys beat the field by like 10 shots. Yeah. yeah.
1: Oh.
0: Uh, and then the great uh, Todd Hamilton won there as well. That's right. Good for him, Todd Hamilton. And he he held on to that thing for a long time. He played a lot of PGA Tour events after winning that event. Yeah, good for him. Good for him. I had balls next to him at uh, one of the few PGA Tour events that I qualified for, and he couldn't have been nicer. He was like the coolest guy. I mean, again, I was just a Monday qualifier, and we were shooting the shit late late in the afternoon on the range, and he was just so cool. He was just you know talking shit, and oh, yeah, he knew he pretty much won the lottery. Yeah, I mean, it, it like it just couldn't be more grounded, you know. And I was like, "Oh, man, there's real people that play out here. It's not just fake fake people." Like <laughs> Thank you, Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, all right. Anything else? Uh, no, man. I am uh, obviously no crazy. No no events this week and, and we're kind of going into the silly season. Kind of season. a little yeah, so, so uh, season, I'm actually, season here. Yeah. Which is good. I think it's good to get a little break and mm-hmm. um, do a little Thanksgiving, get ready for Christmas, and then uh, you know get ready for the first of the year. We got new clubs coming out. I'm 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 getting the itch, you know, for the new the new new clubs. So that'd be fun. Yeah, I saw um, I saw a new line today that I can't speak of uh, from one of the major manufacturers, but it was uh, very pretty. It looks good. They're very pretty. Look good. So, uh yeah, that that, that is fun. I I've like I've got this weird like late like golf itch bug thing going on. Yeah. So even though it's getting ready to be the off season here, so uh, <laughs> that's when I play my golf when the weather's crappy when no one else is. Yes, yeah, when no one else is at the golf course, and yeah. you you have the ability to go play. So. so, but yeah, uh we were we were supposed to have a guest. Uh, record a show with a guest tonight. It's been pushed back. We're trying to find a date with him, so hopefully we can get that to you in the next couple of weeks. So keep an eye out for that, and we may try to work on a couple other guests here um, for you as well, since we are in the off season. But yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully next week we'll have McLean back, and we, you know, I'm not sure if he'll fit us into the schedule if he has something fun to do maybe he only wants to talk rollback i think at this point he's like i'm only that's, coming on talk rollback yeah we need to make that make that the, the first topic of of uh, the list there for every show and then just skip over it every and week just, until it's not, not talk about it ever <laughs> not talk about it so. uh all right brother that was fun uh happy thanksgiving right. to you and your family and to all of our listeners enjoy it yeah happy thanksgiving cheers, cheers. later